For those that haven't tuned in, we're sitting here with Chad Forrester. He is the general manager of a 100,000 square foot big box retailer in the home improvement space. For those that are small business owners, entrepreneurs, dollars and cents business executives, his operation that he manages does tens of millions a year in annual revenue. It's part of a multi-billion dollar, you guys are publicly traded, right? Yes, sir. Publicly traded companies. So this is this is big potatoes stuff. Uh, we're talking about what it takes to be successful, the value of building a team. And you, you've said that kind of your job is to make sure your employees are safe, make sure that they're given the opportunity for development and you're creating an, an kind of an area where they can be developed and then also maximizing the amount of money they make. And you've mentioned before outside of our video today that when your employees are happy and the employees are, are, make, are earning more money, they're, they're hitting their targets and making bonus, commission, whatever that extra profit structure might be, that you do well. So if we look at um, just, you know, when you look at focusing on the team to make more money, talk a little bit more about what that, what that actually means and how it plays out where if the employees make more money, the big box makes a lot more money. Right. So, you know, and you're going, you're only going to be as successful as your team is. You can't, as a, as a coach or a leader, if your team loses, then you're not successful. So you're going to only be as successful as they are. So one thing that I learned a long time ago is uh, almost by accident. So I've never chased accolades from my superiors. I want that to come naturally, right? So it's going to be a natural process of your team kills it. I'm going to push them up. My boss comes in and says, oh my gosh, this looks amazing. I'm going to say, well, my merchandising guy is phenomenal. Let me tell you what he did and this and this and that, show him pictures. And it's very easy and you get caught up in the trap of uh, trying to step on people to make yourself taller. Well, you'll be taller if your people are good. So when I send a picture to my boss, look at what my merchandising guy did. It's all about my merchandising guy, not about me. But what you have to realize is you're by default, it's under your tutelage, it's under your umbrella, you're gonna look good. So you're gonna get the process of being pushed up, you're gonna get the raises, you're gonna get the bonuses, you're gonna get everything uh, based around that when you take your eye off of that hungry to move up the ladder piece. And, and it's hard for people to understand, but once I stopped looking to get my name in lights, I started getting more requests to move up the food chain and take on a rougher assignment, take on a bigger store, make more volume, this, this, and that. And it just kind of comes through natural process. So it's all about that is put your team on a pedestal and push them up and, and let them be successful. And you'll be towed into the limelight uh, on its own. So instead, so it, instead of you looking at it saying, I want to make as much money as I can this year, and I want to get recognized by the parent company or by corporate, your, your approach is, I want the people that work for me to be successful. I want them to make as much money. And what you're saying is when you, when you started doing that, you made more money and your career started to move up. Even though you weren't focused on you moving up, it was kind of a byproduct of, of you helping the other folks. Right. So 
if you look at a, a great a great example, when I was in the tough store up up in the northern market, uh, highest unemployment rate, you know, horrible recovery for economics, and I put some great people in position to hit a pro sector of our of our sales, and they just crushed it. I mean, absolutely smoked it. All the stuff that we had in the game plan uh, came to fruition. I mean, exponentially more than we expected. So ultimately, my nickname got to be Pro Chad. That was my nickname. Well, I didn't sell not one stick of lumber physically. Never. I never sold a stick of lumber in that in that process. My team did and did all this stuff. And but under my umbrella. So my nickname became what they were known for. It has no bearing on, I didn't sell a thing. So that's kind of an example of what I'm talking about is just presenting yourself in a way, everybody likes somebody to be positive and, and, and make comments. So when I'm, my boss comes in and we're walking, I will point out things that people did in front of them to my boss and give them credit and that builds my brand even more with that associate. So they're like, oh, wow, this, he didn't take credit for this? What's going on? I mean, that's crazy. I mean, he's talking about me to the boss. I mean, it, it, it's a whole nother uh, onion peel, you know, when you get to uh, leading people and making an impact on somebody, how they feel about what the program looks like. And that, and that ties back into our discussion on retention. And there's no cost to be kind, courteous, and complimentary to the, the, the team that helps you be successful. I, I think a lot of, I mean, I, I think it, that gets understated and under-recognized by entrepreneurs, small business owners, and even executives in, in any business. They forget, you know, it's always like, we don't have enough money in the budget to give them a raise. Well, you just proved that sometimes, yes, the money is one of your three things, but also there's this, zero cost thing that's just being a good person and recognizing the people that actually made it happen yeah i mean you got to find a way right so uh something that i i worked on is is twitter and i don't i don't go crazy with it but uh it's free right so why not take a selfie with somebody and say oh you know jimmy joe bob killed it this week blah 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 tweet it out I'm telling you, if you don't think that Jimmy Joe Bob is at the dinner table showing the wife and kids to tweet with the boss, you're out of your mind. It's it's that simple. Uh, he's going to like it. He's going to share it. You got to think about uh, the adaptability. Something I mentioned before is you have to adapt to things that are happening around you. And when I started in the business, uh, we did things on paper. I mean, we didn't have computers. Now it's social media this and social media that and utilize something that's free. Tweeting's free. You could tweet all day long, twice on Sunday, and you get the, that out to your people uh, and they're gonna talk about it. And then on the side, of, the other side of that, we have a little piece of paper. And it's just like a, a recognition for doing something. You know, hey, you know, thanks Ray for helping me push carts in the lot. You post that up on the board and, and I, put, I position the board right outside my office door. So when I'm in the office doing whatever I gotta do, I can watch people walk by and, and they read them. It, it's, and it's a piece of paper. It's free. Doesn't cost a dime. And, and you're doing that. I mean, that it, there's people appreciate that. So that Jimmy Bob, that, that might get recognized and might get that photo on Twitter. 
it's important enough. And I guess this is human nature. I mean, we, we like that. And it's important enough for Jimmy Bob that he's going he's gonna to show that around the dinner table. Or maybe he's, he's, he's still lives with mom and dad. He's going to say, look, mom and dad, I, I did good at work. So there's yep. va- so there, there's cl- it's clear there's value in that. And there's a direct impact to your bottom line at the end of the month and the end of the year. Yeah. So if you think about and another uh, uh, a leader I had uh, back in the day told us, if you don't think that they're talking about you at the dinner table, uh, you're sadly mistaken. So do you want them to talk about you in a negative way or do you want them to talk about you in a positive way? So that's always been in the back of my mind with every interaction that I make with one of my team is when they're sitting at the table talking to their wife, husband, mom, and dad, kids, whatever, is it going to be body slamming me as a leader in the company? Or is it going to be, Oh my gosh, this is happening at work today. Cause as a parent, you want your kids to be proud of what you're doing and to have somebody give you a compliment and be able to tell your kids and then, you know, blow up your chest that, that's not even you can't even put a like a measure behind that of what that does for your team and that's and, and again it's free and, oh, and i think the you know the cost of employee retention and the greater cost to replace key individuals on your team from the application to receipt a resume to interview uh, i mean at no at zero cost you can have a big impact on an employee that I guess I never even thought about, but you're right. That that employee might be happily talking about work at the dinner table. And boy, if they're doing that, uh, they're probably going to stick around and they're going to do a good job. Yeah, ultimately. And, and I know that every business is different, but the way my business works is the, the better their performance at work, you know, they may come to me and ask me for an increase that I might be, not be able to do, but yet, if they perform at work, they'll get the biggest bonus check of their career, and it's it it, it moves up every year, so it'll still be the biggest one that they're working towards. And ultimately, they're going to get an increase if they do a better job. So, so there, and and again, that that feeds into one of your one of your goals, which is more money for your employees. Now, I I have one more piece about getting the right employees. Um, so you, you've got your box, and then there's brand X and brand Z, probably across the street or just down the road. Mm-hmm. And, and you've shared this with me before. If you've recognized there's talent and you've recognized there's somebody that, boy, they could really contribute to our team over here, you, you may go out and get them, even if you don't have it in the budget or approval to add it in the budget. Talk, if you could, talk a little bit about that. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to kind uh, kind of stepping out of the comfort zone and, and and being a courageous leader and doing what you feel is right. And you know, if if I have an opportunity to take somebody that's track proven, uh, coming with business, and I know is going to make a direct impact, then I'm going to find a place. I'll find somewhere to put them. If I have to run heavy. Um, you know, you start getting into the really nuts and bolts and minutia of what we do on a scorecard. I mean, even like hours are tracked, you know, we, well, you've got too many hours in this department or this department or whatever. Uh, I will take a little bit of a beating to go over an hours 
if I can prove on a scorecard, well, look what they're doing for me. Uh, and that, that's kind of what you have to look at is, is are they going to produce for you? Is it going to take market share away from your competitor right away? Which chances are it's going to, because they're going to bring with them their, I call it the book. You know, they got a book of customers. They're going to bring their book with them. When they bring the book, it's going to take those customer base away from your competitors. So automatically it's a blow to them. It's a shot in the arm for you. Uh, you can't really lose. And then you can prove on paper, this is what I did. This is the result. And then it's funny how they'll be hammering you on hours. Then you show them that and all of a sudden, oh, okay. Yeah, it kind of goes so, away. And, and it's it's kind of like a, a educated gamble or risk for a small business owner where you're, you may be looking at, this seems like a good idea and it's going to benefit us. Like in, in your example right there, your box revenue is going to go up. You're going to take some business away from your competitor. And if you don't do it, those things won't be possible. So you are going to have to get out of your comfort zone is what you're saying. You are going to have to take a little bit of a risk, but if it's educated risk, it's going to pay off. And you just said it like, listen, our, our bottom line, our sales will go up and not that we want to do harm to others, but we're going to take some business from the competitor. And at the end of the day, uh, we want our business to be the best. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I'm, I'm, I'm the ultimate competitor, right? I want to stick it to everybody, whether they're in my company, outside of my company, I want to be able to poke them in the eye. And, and I build that, that mentality with my team. So yeah, if I can steal somebody and uh, put them in my color uh, instead of their color, it's, it's a great, it's a win for me. And, and that probably all, ties back back into the more money for your employees too. No, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be in the benefit of everybody if our if our sales go up. But you know, you also got to put a little bit of skin in the game for them as well. Is if, if they if they come to me with a book, I'll ask them what their books worth. So, all right, you're going to bring a book of business to me. Well, what are we talking? If it's a couple hundred thousand, is it worth me bringing them? Uh, I mean. Yeah, you know, if they say I'm going to bring my book, it's five million. Uh, I'm like, all right, well, you're writing a check for five million dollars right now. You understand that I expect that from you uh, in a 12 month cycle. And if they they'll get uneasy in their chair if they're not giving you the, the whole truth, because my expectation is that they give me what they say they're going to give me. And if they can't, then we may not be as cordial in the next uh, the next fiscal year. Okay. Now, shifting gears a little bit, community, and you said second mayor of the city. Um, this has come up in discussions between you and I in the past. I think the second to last time we spoke, you'd commented on, I believe, talking to the mayor of your new community, which how he or she knew who you were when you've only been there about a year is, I guess it's not surprising, but typically it's probably not in a, a decent sized community, the mayor may not know the manager of every retail establishment, but they obviously knew you. Um, talk a little bit about like your, your approach to building that relationship with local municipal city government, uh, homes for veterans. The, you know, I, I've, got a, I've got a list. The, uh, the tombstone that the box up north did for the individuals that came in looking for something to remember a deceased loved one, they were short on cash and you guys, but you basically said, yeah, we're going to take care of it. Like walk us through, I guess I got three examples there, but 
city management or municipality management, the veteran stuff. And, the, and I think it's worth talking about, if you recall that story, uh, the, the family of the deceased. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's, uh, I guess you got to look at the collaboration effort first, right? So uh, I'm a big believer in building relationships, you know, and, and, and that could be with anybody and everybody. Well, the thing you got to remember is the more relationships you build, the more that people want to help you. And as you get through and find these projects, I mean, uh, we would have people like stepping on people to get to us to help with these projects that we did. But from a municipality standpoint is we owe it to the community to give back something. And we got to find out what that is and every community is different. But, uh, you know, you look at, yeah, we generate tax dollars for the community. Great. But without the community, we don't exist all the customer base, we, we just, it's not even going to be a thing. We won't be a blip on the radar. So we got to find ways to give back, whether that's uh, community efforts, cleaning up something, building a park, do whatever, but find a way. And this is, this can go out to every uh, business out there. You can find a way that's free to give back, right? So uh, what I do anytime that I start in a, in a, a new area is I, I set a meeting with a mayor. And uh, it's it's funny because people think, well, why would he meet with you? Because I asked him to. I mean, it just you just you reach out and ask him. It's like, hey, I'd like to come by. And and there's a little catchphrase that you use. I'd like to come by and tell you what we can do to help you guys in the community. They always want help. Right. So you make that meeting scheduled and you go talk to them. In this case, in the, the town I'm at now, I was with the city administrator, the assistant city administrator and the mayor. And we just were talking, you know, back and forth. This is in the height of COVID. So at this point, you know, we weren't doing much out there. We still aren't yet. We haven't pulled the trigger on much. But, uh, you know, we just started talking back and forth about, you know, what we can do. And I'm not going to say it's, uh, there's not a little bit of selfishness around what we do in the community because you're going to get it back. But it's not the main reason we do it. It's almost like it's just uh, collaterally you're going to get uh, some stuff back at, at, in business and, and notoriety and 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 uh, exposure and all these different things as a part of what you do, but it's it's not first and foremost. First and foremost, it's the right thing to do. You know, we we had uh, we were the company gave us a thousand dollars to give to anybody we wanted to uh, in the like community as far as government goes to help out during COVID. So we gave it to the police department. I mean, it's like, who better? You think about the fringe benefits of giving $1,000 to the police department. Uh, we have shoplifting that happens. We have issues at the store, this, that, and the other. They're going to come help us first, right? <laughs> if you get, take care of them, they're going to take care of you. It's just how it works. But, but uh, ultimately, it gives the, the building a, a great morale, great warm fuzzy. Associates get on board. It takes a little bit of time if they're not into that sort of thing when you take a store over but you build the fact that it's the right thing to do. We're gonna give back to the community. We're gonna do this, it's fun. We'll have a good time uh, and, and you do that. So uh, I entrust that every one of my associates can do anything that they want up to a certain dollar amount uh, to take care of a customer. And it doesn't matter what that is. It, 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 if they feel it's the right thing to do, uh, I allow them to do that. And I, I so call that, it I, I've got a I've got a note on that. That's mm -hmm. the cash in the apron. 
Yep, cash and right? apron. So, so, so I'll tell them. Explain this. Okay, I'll tell them at orientation. I was like, uh, I'm going to be the first store manager you've ever worked for that's going to tell you to give money away. And they're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have $50 in your apron and you can take care of any situation that comes up under $50. And they're like, well, what do you mean? So I have to give examples and I'll say, you know, it might be a price match. Somebody comes in and says, this is $10 cheaper. Now, anybody that's listening to this has ever done a price match anywhere else knows how painful it is. Uh, hey, uh, they got Hold this Hold on, guy. where was that? Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, let me look. No, man, it's blood, tissue, hair samples you got to give. It's crazy just to get $10 on a price match. So I don't want my customers to go through that. I want my customers to be the, the associates to feel empowerment by having the $50. I'll just take care of it. Well, and then customers, all they pull out their phone. No, 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 I don't need that. Well, you need a flyer? No, I don't need that. Uh, you need a column? No, I don't need that. As long as their spider sense isn't going off, like somebody's saying it's like half price or 75% off, you know, then you may want to get some more information together. But overall, if it's within your bounds of your 50 bucks, just take care of it. Now, the second facet of that is going to tie into the tombstone that you were talking about is... I want the associates to look for ways that's off, out, of, out of the norm, outside the box of taking care of a customer that's going to basically make an emotional connection is what I call it. So an emotional connection is when the customer is going to go out in their parking lot, sit in their car, grab a hold of the steering wheel and say, holy crap, what just happened? And if you think about all the retail places that you've ever shopped, say Walmart, when's the last time? and not to bash them, but you, you've been in, into a Walmart, done your thing, and you got out of the car, grabbed the steering wheel, said, holy crap, that was the best customer service experience of my life. It doesn't happen, right? So, and rarely does it happen anywhere. But now if a customer comes in and, and they're like, hey, I need some paint, and they're, they're looking pretty down, and you start inquiring about the project, hey, what are you working on? Well, you know, my mom just passed, and uh, we're redoing the house. We got to sell it. And you know, I need this gallon of paint. We're going to do some work and this and this and that. So the, you know, a gallon of paint can be around 50 bucks. So give it to them. And because the, my associate's like, wait, what? I'm like, give them the paint. What do you mean? Mark down the paint to zero, give it to them. It's within your $50. They're going to go home and paint their house that their mother just passed away. And it's the emotional connection. That customer is going to go through the line, no charge for the paint get in their car and be like, holy crap, what just happened? Now, does it happen all the time? No. Some associates get it on a different plane than others. Some will come. And I say my only catch to this is you have to come tell me the story because I'm not going to tell you if it's right or wrong. It's not what it's about. If it's within your $50 and you take care of the customer, I just want to know the story so I can celebrate it with you and talk about it later and get these examples. So one example is my, one of my favorites. It's one of the most heart string tugging ones that I that I can come up with is an associate part-time lumber guy was back in lumber and a customer comes in and says hey uh do you have any plans on like making a cross and that's not a normal thing that happens right so my my guy's like um again gonna inquire about the about the the project so well what are you doing they, so she goes on to say my daughter, she was in her 20s. My daughter had an anxiety attack and passed away. And, you know, we, we don't have a lot of money. 
we we had to bury her and there's no headstone because we can't afford it and it's very hard to find so i wanted to make a cross to put in uh so our family can find the the grave site and and pay our respects so my guy's like he he got it he's like hang on a second so he ran to the the, the assistant manager was on and all of my asms at the time we got it i mean we were locked in everybody was about giving back and doing what we had to do for the customer so my asm at the time was like this guy's like macgyver he can do just about anything so he tells this kid he's like tell him come back tomorrow whatever time and i'm gonna see what i can do for him so the customer leaves and this guy goes to work and he builds them a headstone out of concrete forms it up has remesh in it the whole nine yards i mean it's just like spot perfect job he said tell them to bring something that they want on that the headstone or whatever the great grave marker and a picture of their daughter so they brought it back he fixed it onto the the headstone that he made and we go and present it well at this time i wasn't part of the whole thing before the presentation of the headstone and at that point I got to be involved and we get out there and he presents it to her. She starts crying. I start crying and my guy start. everybody's crying. Right. So we're all bawling and they take it and, and put it on, on the grave site. Now, fast forward about six months, they come back and she goes, uh, I don't want anything else. You guys have done enough, you know, well, to get back to it, she goes, what do I owe you? Cause you know, we use materials and, uh, and my guy's like, no, it's on us. That's what we do. So, that's the impact and the emotional connection again. So six months later, same customer comes in and says, hey, uh, I don't want anything else from you guys. I appreciate it. I just want some ideas. The picture and the, the epitaph that we put on is fading out in the sun. Uh, and I was just wondering if you have any ideas. So now I'm in, I'm a, and I'm all about being, uh, it's my team now says it's go big or go Chad. That's how they, it, it, I'm all about over the top. So. So we go into the office. We said, you know what? Give us some time. Let's think about it. We'll get back to you. So we go into the office. We start talking. And I, I just had, I was like, I'm like, hey, man, so what do they make headstones out of? He's like, granite. I was like, we have granite countertops. Why can't we just have it one made for her? And he's like, yeah. So I get on the phone and I call a partner that's uh, the head of our specialty departments uh, for the district. And I'm like, hey, man, so here's my idea. And he goes, dude, just as a matter of fact, our countertop factory just got this machine that etches into the granite and they could put letters in it. And I'm like, okay, this is a no brainer. So I called the head of the countertop factory and I'm like, hey man, so here's my story. And he's like, uh, he goes, yeah, I'm all in. And I'm like, okay, well, keep in mind, we don't, we're paying for this. He said, who said anything about paying? And I'm like, what? So that's the relationship piece. And it, he wanted to be involved. He said, uh, I'll do it at no charge as long as I can be present uh, when, when you give it to him. And I'm like, present, you can present it. How about that? He's like, I'm in. So he makes the granite headstone. Her father had passed before her. So his was already there and it's black granite. So they made the headstone to match, same size, same everything, same font. And it's just like you bought it, right? So you know, a headstone, if you've ever been through the process, I mean, it's, it could be five grand. It's, it's, it's a lot of money to get that thing processing and they didn't have it. So as a father, for me, I'm like, to not be able to put a headstone on my child's grave would, would kill me daily. So we made it happen and presented this to her uh, with the help of the countertop manufacturer that we got a collaboration with. 
and blew them away. And that's kind of what I'm talking about is finding ways. Now the headstone didn't cost me a dime and I don't know how much it costed the countertop company to do it. Uh, but on the grand scheme of things, it was probably a lot less than you would make a headstone for normally. So, but it's all about making sure you're utilizing all these different resources. And, and that was kind of the, the, the kind of that aura that we built around that building. And we were known for that in the entire, so it's one of the largest cities in the state and everybody in the entire city knew what we were about. They knew what our company was about, what we did as a store and did for the community. And my team took pride in that. And they walked with a different type of pep in their step, knowing that we were the best at that in the, in the district, if not the region. Uh, and, and that's kind of what we do. And, and that's all about that emotional connection piece. So in that building that emotional connection, not for the sake of, well, these people will spend money. It's, it's a matter of, I mean, really, as I sit here, it's take care of the community and by default, just like taking care of your team. If you take care of the community, they're going to end up taking care of you. And it just, it sounds like it snowballs. Then you have, I mean, what employees wouldn't want to be associated with the store that did something like that for the family? I mean, Absolutely. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I wish I was part of that. You know, I, that's huge. Well, if you, if you look at, again, you know, relationships, we, we did a, a home that we remodeled for a veteran and I had a relationship with you and your gym and you guys came out and helped. And I mean, that relationship was, was what, what made that happen. We had people in that project that got involved, uh, car dealerships gave a car. I mean, it was just, it, that got just insane. I mean, insane, but overall the, the impact that we made on a family was you can't even put measure behind it. And I, I think that a lot of that starts as you've talked today uh, with, you know, setting the culture, defining what that big box is going to be about, and then just letting it build and empowering the people on your team to go out and do the same thing. Like, hey, someone's 50 bucks short on a project, take care of it. If, if you know, you've got someone that's fixing the house up because mom's passed on and they got to sell it, do the right thing and take care of it. It's, it's not the money, it's about building your community. And, and lo and behold, the community is going to be aware, hey, that store is doing this for a veteran. How can I be a part of it? Yeah, and the challenge oh, is going to be, you know, the challenge is to get the get, get your team to listen because uh, that, you know, you, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. You're supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. So uh, if you listen, the customers are going to tell you what you need to know. And every customer is not going to be an emotional connection case. You know, you, you're going to have the contractor coming in to buy some wire connectors to finish a project or whatever. But if you listen you're going to have those. I'm, I'm, my mother just passed away. Uh, we had a, a, a great story where a grandmother was fixing up a dresser. Her grandkids came and stayed with her every weekend and she couldn't afford to buy another dresser. And it was old school and it went on the wood rails. So we built new wood rails for her for free. It, it's, it's listening to the customer and finding all those ways of making it happen. Uh, so you got to listen. You got to listen to it. And it's just like everything else, you know, we think as a leader, 
that we're more important than everybody and our, our values and, and views are more important than everybody, but you have to listen. If you listen to your team, you'll find out what's important to them and you can make changes on the fly. And, and from a business standpoint, that entrepreneur, the small business owner, the executive management gentleman or gentlewoman, whatever, uh, at the end of the day, you've proven that if you do these things, it will equate to generating more money. Like sales will go up. And, and I think the interesting byproduct is uh, it's, it just has to have a significant impact, even in retail, on your ability to retain quality staff. I mean, if, if they're happy to come to work and they can see that they're part of something that's bigger than themselves and far bigger than the, the general manager, I, I got to believe that, that that contributes to a sense of, hey, I want to stick around. Yeah, you, you have to be known for something. So whatever that is, you got to figure it out. But you, you're going to be you got to be known for something. And, uh, you know, we came up with a, a catchy little phrase for our store motto based on moving from the bottom of the scorecard to the top of the scorecard. And that's what we are known for. So we're known. My building is known in the heat of covid during a pandemic. The world is coming to a, to a closure, so to speak, on the retail environment. And we went from the bottom to the top. And that's what we're known for. And everybody talks about it in our building. Now, do, you, uh, do, you, do you ever deliberately, I mean, because stepping back and looking at, you're going to be known for something. Um, do you believe that you can deliberately contribute to what your store is known for instead of just letting the market decide? Because really, it sounds like you can, by design, decide what you're going to be known for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to think it, it's the market didn't say the one box I was in, the market didn't dictate that we give to, give back to the community and make emotional connections with the community. That's something that we, we, we got behind and did as a team. And that's what we were known for. Uh, so we were the regional captains of, of our team process of, so that, of giving back. And that was deliberate. That was by design. Like, you, hey, we're going to be part of the community. And, and I like what you said, going out and asking uh, city management, uh, the mayor, what, what can we help you with? And in one market, it might be the park. In another market, it might be, we need help cleaning up or what have you. So you, you kind of go out there and ask how you could be a part of it. And then in doing so, you're deliberately defining, you know, what you're known for. Well, see what I think a lot of people get caught up in the wrong side of, of going to meet anybody is they're always thinking sales, right? And we're always thinking bottom line. We're always thinking sales. So I could go to the mayor and say, what projects is the city got going on? What are you working on? How can we sell you stuff? What can we, you know, instead of what can I do for you? Because they don't get that, right? City government doesn't get, how can I, as a business, help you? What can I do to help you? Here's what I have in my framework. Now, how can you utilize my framework to help you? Because that's what I want to do. I want to be a, a good citizen in the, in the community and get back to the city. And we're so quick to jump on, how can I sell you something? How can I get something out of this? What can I, you know, it's going to come. And I, I think we got to try to learn a little bit of patience and again with it's like taking over a new building it's hard 
to sit back as a type A personality, uh, which is 100 miles an hour all the time. That's my, my energy to sit back and, and be patient. I don't do patient good. So it's, uh, it's something we have to learn and figure out. But, but yeah, it's, it's finding each box is a little bit different, uh, but it's all kind of, you got to figure out what is going to be best and, and let the team help you. Cause you know, as a, our, say our team slogan or whatever you want to call it, I let the team come up with it. You know, I, we talked about it. We came up with some ideas. We let them select it. And when you say, what do you want to be known for? Let them help you steer into what that's going to look like because ultimately they got to have buy-in. If they didn't help choose it, then they don't have any buy-in and they're just doing what you tell them to do. You want them to have passion around whatever that looks like. <laughs>